salute your solution. Salute your movies. That's right. That's what we're doing this week on the podcast. Welcome. I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And we're from MadWolf.com. And this is the Fright Club podcast, where this week is all about the salute or the homage. That's right. Homage movies. Not to be con- confused with satires or spoofs. So these are horror comedies that make the most of the tropes of the genre to salute those and at the same time kind of send them up. Okay. Those are your rules. Those, those are your my ground rules. rules. Always got to set those. But mm-hmm. first, we got to take care of some business from last week. Uh, we talked about Vincent Price and our buddy Phantom Dark Dave was on. And That's he was, right. He was uh, spreading some knowledge, and that was a lot of fun. Appreciate it was. that. I learned was, a lot. Yeah, and it was really nice of him to join us. He does like yep. 95 different podcasts, <laughs> so it was nice of him to squeeze us in. So it was, yeah. it was really great to talk to him, and, and he that's knows one. a lot. And, um, and um, I had to, he picked the topic. That doesn't happen very often. We let him pick the topic. And one of the reasons is because it meant I don't think I'd seen a Vincent Price movie since I was like 11. I think I've seen them all, but I had to go back and rewatch like 19 to decide which. And, I, and then I was just mad. Like I watched so many Vincent Price movies last <laughs> month. <sighs> Sigh, but anything for you, Dark Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Could you hear the sincerity in that? <laughs> I could, but uh, no, that was a lot of fun, and we thank him for working out because we we've been working on it for a while, yeah. the, the, not only the topic, but when we could get together and record it, so that was good. Worked out well. We appreciate that, and we, uh, we're glad to get the, uh, the feedback as well because I know Peter wanted to see, because if you know anything about Peter, and he's... <laughs> and did I mention, well, I didn't mention, we're live here at the Gateway Film Center. We're doing it live, and Peter is one of our group here, yep. and... We love Peter, but he likes the weirdest <laughs> out there stuff. So you know when you're talking about Vincent Price, if anybody was going to say, hey, what about Dr. Goldfoot and the bikini machine? It would have been Peter. It was going to be Peter. It was Peter who was sorry so. to miss that. And our malcontent friend Tom wanted to scream and scream again, but that didn't make it either. <laughs> that didn't get in there. because. Uh, but there's 101, 101 movies. That's a lot. For us to narrow down to just five. Although, to be honest, 90 of them suck outright. So it made it a little easier. <laughs> so that was good. Thank you for the uh, feedback on that. And also thank you to uh, Dream Warrior 89 That's He checked right. in. And he's hey, a, Danny. A, and where's Danny from? Liverpool. Liverpool? The Beatles. The four Beatles. Mm. Us. From Liverpool. Yeah, we are from Liverpool. Listening all the way in Liverpool. That's awesome. It is awesome. The Liverpoolians love us. <laughs> One does. A new listener, Danny, mm. and he had some very nice things to say about the podcast. And that's all you have to do to get mentioned on the podcast. Flattery gets you everywhere. <laughs> and we said we'd give him a shout out. So thank you so much. Thank you for listening and thank you for checking in the comments. Appreciate that. Thanks to, uh, if we don't say it enough, and, and we often do, we try to, thanks to uh, Daryl and everybody at Golden Spiral Media. They, they host the Fright Club podcast and have... Since the beginning, and we're heading toward a big milestone. That's so right. We want to say thanks to Daryl and the gang at Golden Spiral Media. And speaking of, looking ahead to next month's Fright Club Live, not the next episode of the podcast, uh, but the next Fright Club Live here in a month, it's going to be our 100th, 100th podcast. Where, where has the time gone? It's That's very crazy. exciting. So we're working on big things. We can't announce all of them here tonight. We're working on making it a even a bigger event than usual with prizes and other surprises and things. So we'll, we'll have details at cocktails, of course, happy hours. 
But uh, we'll have more details on that coming soon. But the movie, we do know the movie, and it's a good one. Yes, it is the original Spanish language, We Are What We Are, which is an amazing movie. There was an American remake, a remake of Schwartz, uh, about two years later, which was also very good. But the the original is just a phenomenal film, and we are going to talk about rituals. Yeah, it's really good. Both, As you said, both of them are good, both versions. The original, I think, is even better, and it's funny. A friend of ours, Lindsay, all you have to do is bring up that movie. She says, I'm going, I'm locking myself in the closet. <laughs> It's done. It's over. It's all you got to do. But it's it's very effective. It's going to be a great one to uh, to host to show for that night because yeah, big event for the 100th podcast. So looking forward to that. It is going to be April. I think you you told me what day it was. April 12th. April 12th. It says right here on yes. my paper. April. It 12th. says on the paper. But I'm relying on Derek. Okay. April all 12th. Right. Uh, right back here at Gateway Film Center. More details on that coming up. So is that all the housekeeping? I think it is. All right. So. We've gotten the ground rules. We'll get to the homage horror, and they're all... The first one is kind of a mockumentary, I guess you you would say. The next great psycho horror slasher has given a documentary crew exclusive access to his life as he plans his reign of terror over the sleepy town of Glen Echo. And this one is from 2006. It's Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Everybody thinks we just wake up one morning and start obsessing about a girl and start stalking her, killing everybody that gets in the way. That does seem to happen a lot with you guys. <laughs> that boy, he's going to be the best yet. Why are you doing We're that? We're not going to have this conversation. Oh, why? What, you never You have no idea who you're dealing with. What you got filming those cameras, boys? I cannot stand here and let this happen. Don't you get it? We're in this now. We're part of this equation. You have to tell me what happens to me. How many people have seen this? There's a couple of people. And I think it tells you about the rest of the movies on this list because for this to be number five, this is pretty clever. Oh, it yeah. really is. I remember when the first time we watched this, I wasn't expecting much. And it it is pretty darn clever. It is. And even though it's a it's a comedy, it has a lot in common with Man Bites Dog. Tons. Because it has that camera crew who starts getting a little too involved in what's going on. Yeah, well, it, it's funny, this movie, uh, yeah, so a camera crew, which is headed by the intern at the radio, at the news station, and so she's trying to make a name for herself, and she's following this this guy who's who's training to be the next great serial killer in a, in a world where, like, Freddie and Mike Myers, and just, they're all real. They're all, they exist for real. Which is great because Robert Englund is in the movie. Right, and, and <laughs> Zelda Rubinstein and Kane Hodder, and yeah. it's just, it really, you know, it wears its its love of slashers on its sleeve, which is really nice, you know, it's, it's not one of those movies it's like poking fun at it it it's drawing your attention to the to the tropes and it does say funny things like that like you know cardio that i love that line so much but um but it it you know it 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 really is an homage it loves these movies and it starts off as sort of a, a mockumentary uh, it, but it, it it in the third act it becomes an actual horror film as you know as as the the crew decides no, we can't just document this. We need to take, and then they take part, and then it's a really a horror movie, and it does get scary and you know and creepy, and there's a lot of death. But mainly, the guy who plays Leslie Vernon, um, Nathan Bissell, borderline adorable. Uh, <laughs> you know, probably not the way I was supposed to feel about him. I just love him so much. It's the funniest, sweetest, most charming, yet sadistic performance. It's yeah. just the best. And and I just saw there's actually a sequel coming out to this. It's really? Like, yeah, Return to the Mask. Yeah. Ooh. So I'm going to say that about three movies on this list, which is Breaking exciting. Breaking news here Breaking on news. Club. That's right. 
<clears throat> yeah, not only uh, we mentioned Robert England, and it was Zelda Rubenstein's last movie, her mm. final final performance. But as you say, it is riddled with homages oh, to yeah. other movies, yes. and there's some great ones. Some of my favorite early on. The car parked in the driveway is the exact same make, model, and color as the car in The Evil Dead. I'm sure that's that's one of your favorites. And also, when when Leslie is applying his makeup and being interviewed about um, about his target, the song that's playing in the background is the same one from The Shining when they zero, yeah, zero yeah. When in they on zoom Jack in on the, yeah. face at the end. And then, of course, as you heard in the trailer, at the end of the movie, they play Psycho Killer, yeah. the, the talking yeah. head Psycho Killer, because that and, could not be more perfect. And you mentioned Kane Hodder, of yeah, course, yeah. who was uh, in... And uh, played Jason Voorhees, and it goes on and on and on. There's just a ton of them, which shows you how much of an homage it is. Yeah. But I think it it did, as I said before, it surprised me at how clever it was. Yeah. Not only funny, but I think smart. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. And uh, but that one's uh, number five behind the mask, the rise of Leslie Vernon from 2006. And number four on our list is actually the one we're going to see here on the big screen tonight, uh, which we're excited about. It's the clumsy and unfunny clown Stitches. Goes to the birthday party of little Tom, and the boy and his friends play a prank with Stitches, and uh, things go badly after that. It is Stitches. It was off while we died. Every party ends with a dead clown. When Stitches the Clown comes back from the dead, the joke is on them. Everybody happy? Sniff them out. Stitches. Is everybody happy? I love that. I love that catchphrase. Because clowns, as we've said many times on the podcast, Steve Perez, we all love clowns. Steve Perez loves clowns. This is such a fun movie, and it's not like the most classic film we've ever shown in one of these, but it's just hilarious and funny and so Irish, you know, and I love... I, like, Good I love time the, of year for that. That's right. That's why we chose it for this month. That's right. And, uh, and I love the way... And they do kind of send up slashers, but in a very clever and loving way and, and a very specific type, the prom night type, right? The type where something bad happens and then revisits the same group 10 years later. So yeah. it's that... That's the archetype. And, um, and Ross Noble is... Sheer perfection. Hi, Matt Wiener. <laughs> hey, welcome. <laughs> as as the clown. And also, you know, I love the idea of sort of poking fun at this, the creepy clown and everybody. Because he's a hard, he's actually a hard clown to be afraid of. He's creepy in a whole other, totally non-Ronald McDonald way right, that works right. out really brilliantly for yeah, the film. Like don't go in his basement type and of guy. And it's so 80s. Yeah. Right? It's uh, which I also love. I mean, just that, you know, the cutting crew song. Yeah. I mean, it's just so like oh, it's yeah. great. It's it's wrong in, in all the right ways. And um it's it's funny to think that Tom the, the role of Tom was was offered to Daniel Radcliffe. Oh from Harry Potter. I would have loved that. Wouldn't that be good? <laughs> and there's another there is not as many uh, outright homages in this, but one great one is the medication that Tommy takes to relieve his anxiety is called Hypnosil. And it's the same, <laughs> huh? Yeah. 
It's the same medication as Nightmare on Elm yep. Street. So, yeah, those are nice. I love those little, I guess you wouldn't really call them Easter eggs because they're more out in front than most Easter eggs. But right. I love those little things. Oh, yeah. yeah. There, I mean, there are so many things about this movie that are, and the other thing is that it, even as you know, there's, you know, there's like six kids and each one is going to get picked off one after the other. Yeah. But they're, uh, and while they are sort of the archetypes, at the same time, they aren't. They're really very funny, interesting. I'm not going to say they're they're like multidimensional, but they're just goofy enough spins on on the the traditional slasher type that they they really compel your interest. Well, I think you mentioned it is the type of movie that revisits those same group. You know, all those years later, we've yeah. seen that done so many times yeah. that yeah, it's perfect thing to kind of send up and and do in this way in a, in a horror comedy right but it is still i mean it is still an, an homage it's clear again just like all of these it's clear that they're self-referential and and kind of love the films that they are at the same time sort of yeah. poking fun at yeah very much so and we're gonna see that in uh, just a few minutes stitches number four from 2012 and moving up to number three on our list of horror homages one that we've shown at least once on the fright club live series love it uh, from 2010, it's Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Did you see the way those guys looked at us? No. We got your friend. They captured Allison. Oh, it's the pancakes. You hate pancakes. I'm, I'm gonna make you something else. This is a suicide pack. These kids are coming out here and they're killing themselves all over the woods. Oh, my God, that makes so much sense. Oh, man, you know... That trailer just makes me want to watch it right I now. Know, I know. I, I, I know. I wonder how many times we could work it into the Fright Club rotation. It's, it's great. That's, it's that so trailer is fun. hilarious, and it reminds you of how well done it is. I mean, every little misunderstanding, you know, when he's out there waving the chainsaw around with the bees, you know, <laughs> it almost makes me think of a scene like from... Um, from the jerk where he's like he's mad at those cans he's shooting at those cans you know everything just goes horribly wrong and they all die and it's so funny <laughs> and then you know uh, taylor Levine and, and alan, alan oh Tudor, they're great they are i mean and they're so likable anyway but they're so absolutely perfect in this movie and this is another one sequel coming out just saw yes breaking news, breaking news. on the fright club <laughs> So We're just going to start making up breaking news. We are. Fake news <laughs> right. on Fright Club. That's correct. No, that's great. And that's really long overdue because it was so much fun. It was. It was incredibly fun. And, you know, and, and, and unlike the the other films that we were talking about that, that oh my, Slashers, you know, I love hillbilly horror because. Because <laughs> hillbillies are scary. Scary as shit, man. I am so afraid of hillbillies. And so it's just right. Yeah, it's perfect. And then, you know, any, uh, Cabin in the Woods, any kind of Cabin in the Woods kind, they're always scare me the most because I'm terrified of the woods. Yeah. And also hillbillies. And they're always in those movies. So, yeah, I love the way that they turn this around right from the scene in the gas station, which is in every single one of those movies where yes. like, you go into the gas station, you know, you like warned. Quickie Mart. And yeah, and then and there's these creepy guys. And oh, no. It's it's so it's so perfect the way that they the way that they just recast the whole thing from the other point of view. It's just brilliant. Yeah, and so much of it relies on on the performances and the chemistry oh, yeah. of the two leads, Alan Tudyk, who we still call Pirate Steve. Because yeah, always from uh, Dodgeball. Yeah, always. That, oh, for years we went. Oh, it's it's Pirate, Pirate Steve. Steve. <laughs> but and uh, what's the other guy Taylor is? Uh, yeah, they are great together, and it would 
not surprise anyone to know that they ad libbed a lot of that oh, stuff. Oh, that yeah, because they they're they're fantastic and they drive it. I mean, not to say anything against the rest of the kids, right? No, but they're all they fine. are they are no. what drives the movie, no and uh, I trust that they're both coming back. They are. I hope so. They okay. are indeed. Awesome. So Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah, that I could see that one being one that we show again here sometime because okay. it's so much fun. Uh, yeah, that's getting the thumbs up. <laughs> Let's right. do that. Let's put that on the agenda. Uh, so number three, Tucker and Dale versus Evil on our list of homage horror. And at number two, well, you just mentioned it. Five friends go for a break at a remote cabin where they get more than they bargained for, discovering the truth behind the cabin in the woods. Time says closed. We're looking for, uh, what's it called? Tillerman Road. Not to get you there. Getting back. That's your concern. The lambs have passed through the gate. They are come to the killing floor. I seriously believe something weird is going on. We have to stay together. This isn't right. We should split up. Yeah, good idea. Really? When this movie um, screened in Columbus, I got to interview Drew Goddard. Like, and not on the phone, like in person, which should never happen. I should never be allowed to talk to anybody in person. And, and her, her first question was, so um, can I meet Chris Hemsworth? <laughs> Uh. <laughs> Busted! Uh, uh. No, no, I remember how geeked you were about that. I was. Very cool. I yeah. was very excited because I love this movie so much. And then I just kept asking him questions, and he kept saying, "Are you going to put that in the article?" I'm like, "No, I just want to know." Like, because it's such, <laughs> it's such a movie for horror movie geeks. It like, really is, you know. And so I was just like, "So you guys?" Because he co-wrote it with Joss Whedon, and I'm like, "That whole basement." Would you guys were just like, "Oh, and now we need to have a unicorn, and then we need to have like, you know." It was so much fun to talk to them, to him, excuse me, about how they wrote this movie because it 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 absolutely is just horror movie nerds trying to make a movie for horror movie nerds. Yeah, but it's is, so know, spoke it's, it's to so me. intelligently done though. Oh yes. And and, and they cast Chris Hemsworth. So <laughs> But also, right, Richard Jenkins. Yeah. And um Bradley Whitford, who was right. just in Get Out Get now. Get Out. Yeah, those guys behind the at the, at the big control, I guess oh you call god, it. Oh my god, they're hilarious. They're great. Oh my god, it's so great. And I love too, right, in the big control room when, so they have, in America, we have this hillbilly way of, of taking care of things, but then they go to Japan and you see, you know, like Japanese horror movies spinning out in front of you and then they, I, I yeah. mean, everything about, every detail about this movie is so, so well put together. Including the coffee mug slash bong. <laughs> which, which, by the way, was apparently fully functional and cost like $5,000 to make. Oh, you could have made one for them. <laughs> well, get a potato and just carve it out. <laughs> oh, we, we have a request for that we to be the prize for the 100th podcast. So you're going to have to get with your friend Drew Goddard and see what we can do. <laughs> But yeah, there's so much great stuff going on. I mean, if you if you have it on the DVD and you you freeze it on the big board when they're taking bets oh and just look down at all the names they list about who's in the running and who's oh, taking yeah. bets, all that stuff. There's so many uh, great references going on. That's the thing for a movie, for a horror movie. There's so much joy that yeah. is apparent in every every frame of this movie. It's just people were so happy when they made it. It's like when you watch old episodes of The Simpsons and you think, I bet they just, just laughed their ass off the whole time they wrote this, you know? That's what I felt like about this movie. And, and oh, my God, the merman, shut up! <laughs> you know, and as great as, spoiler alert, the big 
cameo at the end, oh, the, yeah. the director, uh, that was for a while it was going to be Jamie Lee Curtis, which also would have been, yeah. been great. Would've yeah, been great. also would have been great. But I remember when you see Sigourney Weaver at the end, you're like, oh, yes. Yes. That is so perfect. Yeah. yeah. So just everything about Cabin in the Woods. So good. And that's at number two. So you know something just a little bit better had to be number one on our homage list. And from 1996, it's Scream. Someone is playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Do you like scary movies? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act. She's always running up the stairs and she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. We talk about other movies being for horror movie nerds and this one of course it is but what's great about this one is that it's just so literal about it it just says it right up these are the rules of horror movies and this is what happens and she said there's always a big-breasted girl who can't act running around and just not only says them but then acts them out yeah well it was really so it was really the turning point in terms of of this type of horror comedy prior to this you'd see things like student bodies or you know, spoof, outright yeah. spoof movies. Yeah. And this was the first one. And it was from Wes Craven, who obviously can't hate horror movies. Right. Um, and, and so it was it was more self-referential, but it was it was still very much um, a piece of what it was talking about. Uh, it was and it was really it was Scream was the first of its kind. And it was so incredibly clever. Uh, with a great cast and tons of fun, you know, yeah. the janitor who's dressed like Freddy Krueger, of course, his name's Freddy, you know, and then Fonzie is the principal. That's I know. Funny. That was so great. Yeah. What happened to Skeet Ulrich, by the way? Where is he at? I don't know. Riverdale. Is he? He's on Riverdale. He's got a TV show. Well, that's Jason good Jason says news. he's in Riverdale. Is that, that's a TV series? He plays Jughead's dad. I like it already. I wow. love that. And you know. This is actually the only that, that I know of, or maybe you know, the only slasher movie where the final girl actually dates the killer, has oh. sex with the killer. Yeah, right. Because that's that's as as they point out, you that's, a, that's yeah, a no no. That's a no no. Mm-hmm. So there's all sorts of rules. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, right after this movie came out, the use of caller ID went up a huge through the amount. roof. Through the roof. <laughs> Just good thinking. Caller ID. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's 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 a lot of fun where it has. As you said, l- loving it's Wes Craven. So yes, he obviously loves horror movies, and right. he, he does it in a in a loving way. But but at the same way, at the same time, realizes yeah, that's what's in a lot of these movies, and oh, we'll yeah. just have extra kind of wink wink nudge nudge fun about it. Yeah, and in a lot of ways, he created the architecture. He doesn't yeah. really point that out because he points to John Carpenter films primarily that cre- and they did. His, John Carpenter films created the architecture for the most part. But um, but yeah, he's he's he points to them. You know, and there's another one that almost made this list. It has made many a list before, uh, Dead Snow, which does the same thing. You know, it's a brilliant movie. It's incredibly funny, and it does the same thing. It points out the tropes that it's going to, to do, and it talks about, it, t- it points to Wes Craven. Yeah. Um, and so, and it's just interesting in that very sort of meta way that that's what he was doing, and then he became what everybody else was going to refer to later, not in his early work as he was doing here, but in Scream. So it, the way that, that Scream pointed out John Carpenter's films to create an architecture for itself. In doing that, Wes Craven created an architecture for an entirely new type of film, which are the, the films that we're talking about today. Yeah, and it's another another point in Wes Craven's career. You can point to the valleys as well as the peaks of his oh, movies, yes. but along the way, he just changed the game, and this was just a game-changer 
in yeah, the it was. horror genre. It really yeah, was. Yeah, it absolutely was. Yeah, and it's uh, number one on our list of homage, 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 horror, however you want to pronounce it. <laughs> uh, that's number one, and we got to get out of here and watch our number four movie, Stitches. So we've already talked about, well, no, what next week we have a, a real special episode coming up of Fright Club next week. We our, are. Our we next are, episode, I should our say. Our next episode. Not our next live episode, the one that we do in between. We are going to look at the career of Bill Paxton, our beloved Bill Paxton, who has yeah. done so many horror movies, some of them absolutely out- exceptional, and in fact, his film Frailty is in our lineup for this year. So later this year, yeah, we're going to show Frailty. Yeah, it was so, really a, a just a, so sad to hear that he passed away. Yes. So we want to look at uh, look at his work on the next installment of Fright Club. That's right. And then we're back here in a month, April twelfth, as we said, the one hundredth episode. Stay tuned for prizes, prizes, Cocktails. and surprises, and all kinds of news on that. And, and you, we uh, are what we are, and rituals, and yep. blood, and nutty family shit. It's crazy. <laughs> And as always, we'll have uh, news about that on not only on the uh, main website, which is MadWolf.com, but MadWolf Columbus on Facebook, and we'll be tweeting it at MadWolf, so all sorts of fun, so we look forward to that. All right, so we what else? Anything before we get out of here for the not movie? Not a thing. All right, we've got Stitches coming up in minutes. We are live at the Gateway Film Center, and until next week, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. This is the Fright Club Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>